Hello and welcome to Geek Space 9, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space 9. With me as always, coming in with a sort of gorilla setup is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? Doing pretty well. I'm uh, I'm holding the microphone, as Ben put it, Dean Martin style, <laughs> uh, instead of usually, you know, sitting stable on my my table because I'm house sitting this weekend. So I'm in a new, we shall say, alien environment Ooh. Ah, ah, Ooh. for this podcast. I like it. Such and <laughs> from the very alien world of Houston, Texas, it's also Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? What's up? I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, enjoying slash like, in, slash like kind of like eh, about how gloomy the weather is down like the weather is for me because it's like i mean i mean granted you know it's winter so of course it's like already dark and it's like it's like i can buy that time it's early evening but you know it's raining down here so it's like the added ambiance of some thunder and definitely rain and just the darkness of the clouds and it's like um what evil lord just moved in on my city <laughs> like some evil dark lord spookier. is somewhere here and i am very worried like am i supposed to be the hero or is someone else taking care of that yeah, that's a good question i think we all need a winner sometimes it's like am i Indeed. supposed to be the chosen one because i'm not living up to my potential yeah like i am not prepared at least a chosen no, no one, one told me. Like, like i didn't i did not realize i was going on a hero's journey like someone needs to tell me this stuff yeah, I need to find a goddess. I need to refuse a call. I got a lot of, I got a lot to do. Seriously, like I'm just I not ready for that stuff. <laughs> I thought it was friend A, not main character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little your lie in April reference for those well, anime for, fans out there. Well, if we're going on a fantasy adventure, we'll have to cover Sarah and Nerf, and especially if she ever meets a uh, a female companion. Uh, she's doomed. Oh my gosh, you're the gay best friend. <laughs> yes, please. I'm yeah, like Willow. Yeah. It'll be great. This is gonna be Willow, and and you or your girlfriend are gonna die horribly. So we have to watch out. That's <laughs> probably true. Watch. Yes. Protect we need to cover costs. you both in Nerf and put you all in a vault and just make sure you're all safe. <laughs> Bulletproof vests are a must. Yes. Especially <laughs> in this Seriously. open carry state. Uh, yeah. Let's not. Let's move on from the depressing world of real life <laughs> to the future world where everything's better. <laughs> I mean, in some uh, cases it's better, in other cases not talked... so much. Yeah, though, yeah, uh, th- this case uh, not as much because we're, we're starting to get into the ominous side of things as we watch Season 2, Episode 26, The Gem Hadar. Da-da-dun. The Dominion are finally here, and we are going to talk about it as well as our f- feelings on the end of Season 2 and our thoughts on the season overall and our ratings and all the jazz so first up the jim hadar we begin this episode with benjamin inviting jake on a father-son camping trip so jake can study a world in the gamma quadrant for school jake asks his dad if he could bring nog along to help his grades benjamin reluctantly agrees however once odo arrives uh sorry once odo reveals to cork that benjamin refused to allow cork to sell items through the station cork invites himself on the trip too despite cisco's disapproval the four arrive on an abandoned planet where Quark is most displeased with quote-unquote nature, causing Nog and Jake to storm off. While Sisko and Quark argue over Sisko's distrust of Ferengis, a woman named Eris arrives. She knocks down Sisko with a psychic energy projectile and tells them to run. 
However, all three are captured by a cloaked alien race known as the Jem'Hadar. While trapped behind a lethal energy field, Eris reveals that the Jem'Hadar are the soldier race of the Dominion, the powerful alliance of races that rule the Gamma Quadrant. The Dominion is revealed to be ruled by the mysterious race known only as the Founders, a mythical race of creatures older than most life in the galaxy. Eris believes she can escape the field with her psychic powers, but the Jem'Hadar have placed a disruptor collar on her neck to stop her. While, meanwhile, Jake and Nog discover that their elders have been captured and beam back to the runabout. There, Jake and Nog try desperately to gain control of the runabout and pilot it back through the wormhole. On the other side, the leader of the Jem'Hadar team, Third Talak Talan, arrives unannounced on Deep Space Nine. He informs Kira that the Jem'Hadar have destroyed the Gamma Quadrant-located colony of New Bajor for, intru for intruding on Dominion territory, and that they will keep Sisko indefinitely. The DS9 crew try their best to subdue Talak Talan, but his technology is too advanced and he escapes with ease. The Federation sends the Galaxy-class USS Odyssey to escort Kira, O'Brien, Dax, Odo, and Bashir aboard runabouts to save Sisko. Back in captivity, Sisko and Quark argue more and Quark manages to unlock Eris's collar. Eris disables the force field and Sisko kills one Jem'Hadar soldier, while Quark saves Sisko's life by killing another. Jake and Nog run into the Odyssey and are saved by O'Brien. They manage to beam Benjamin, Quark, and Eris onto the runabout. The Odyssey and runabouts attack the Jem'Hadar ships, but are almost powerless against them. They begin to retreat, but during their escape, a Jem'Hadar ship suicide bombs the Odyssey, destroying it to the horror of the Federation. The group return to the station, but as the crew is about to debrief Eris, Sisko arrives with a phaser pointed at her. Quark reveals that while he was trying to replicate her collar, that he discovered it served no purpose other than as a complicated lock. Sisko reveals that Eris is a Dominion spy, and the whole thing was a setup to send a message and get Eris behind enemy lines. Sisko's asked if she was one of the Founders, to which Eris laughs and responds that, quote, The Founders would never waste time with you. She beams away to somewhere unknown, and Sisko says the Dominion have just started a war, and the first battle will be fought at Deep Space Nine. What do we think of the Gem Hadar? Oof, I forgot how much happened in this episode. They packed a lot no into, like, like, what, like 42, 40, 42, 45 minutes? Yeah, it feels like a like part so two much. almost, but yeah, it's really. funny because uh, Netflix has one of those classic not telling you anything uh, descriptions of it. It's like yeah, it's like how every Mad Men episode is a purposely vague description. <laughs> it's like this one was something like Jake and Jake and Cisco go on a camping trip. Yeah, exactly. Right? That was like, it. Well, that's how we're ending the season. So like innocent, and you're like, oh, this would be great. You know, I mean, granted, it's like the season finale, but you know, cool. I, I guess we can work with this. <laughs> yeah it's like classic uh madman thing where it's like uh don meets an old friend and it's like the episode's like don meets someone he's long lost brother <laughs> like jesus christ it's like, not like, the same thing <laughs> yeah uh this episode was great i thought it was excellent yes it was like, just a very good incredible. setup episode yeah, which has been which which has been like the theme of of, of the of the season, but 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 we'll get into that when we're talking about the Definitely. whole uh, talk, talking about season two as a whole. But but yeah, like I really enjoyed it because there was like there 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 were there was like the whole mystery of 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 the of the Jem Hadar and like and how and how it's like oh and how it's like oh oh shit like you know the Dominion is now becoming like 
more of a presence because 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 instead of it just being you know like like this group that we know it's like oh they have their own like essentially bodyguard soldiers so you know if if the, and it's like if this is the power they have then what about the dominion as a whole just so many questions so many questions mm-hmm Sarah, yeah, this episode agree? is proof. Definitely, yeah, this episode is proof that the Dominion do not fuck around. I was, I was almost kind of surprised mm-hmm. with the the suicide bombing at the end of it, just because yeah. that's that's not really something yeah. Star Trek has done, or at least that I've seen. And I mean, it was, you know, pretty intense for Star Trek. Yeah, I, thought. I don't, I don't, I don't think at least for the three of us, I don't think. And, and and actually probably for like you know like for 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 viewers when this episode originally aired, I don't think there were many people at all who were expecting who were expecting them to like to 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 go kamikaze and just crash right into the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And as O'Brien says to the horror that uh, that they were retreating, which again kind of shows their ruthlessness and their devotion and their willingness to go completely all out. Because that's the thing that it struck me in this episode is that. Jim and are formidable as fuck. Mm. Uh, yeah. That's the scene in DS9 when they put him in a stasis field and he just casually walks out of it. Just like, yep, I am yep. way beyond this technology. This meant nothing to me and I'm going to leave mm. right now. And like th- the fact that they end this episode with the Odyssey gone and no prisoners and no, like nothing to show for it, I think kind of shows just how good that they did at setting up a villain that's truly formidable yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that was a cliffhanger if, if if there ever was one totally but in a good way in a, in a sort oh, of classic totally. like well shit's gone real kind of cliffhanger but not like who died <laughs> you know it's not mm-hmm. uh season seven of walking dead you know what i mean it's not like <laughs> who got blown up it's more just like shit's gonna happen yep. get ready like mentally mm-hmm. like mentally and emotionally prepare yourself for when for when we come back yeah totally and i don't know you guys but i wasn't actually expecting eris to turn out to be a spy i sure kind of was she was she was shady and she kind of just came out of nowhere and didn't have enough of a yeah like a backstory <laughs> like a to right. think she came from somewhere else you know yeah, there's a lot of like, why are you on this planet? Which I think is fair. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, and I, what, why, I, why, or what, are you, why are you alone on this planet more specifically? Right. And like, I, like part, I, part, part of me, part of me expected her to like not be who she said she was, but I don't think I was, but I don't think I was expecting her to be part of the Dominion itself. I, I thought, I thought. I, I I thought that 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 because of the because because of what we've been kind of like told and like and had and had inferred to us like I, I both I both as the audience and then, and then the characters on the show about the power and influence and reach of uh, um of of the Dominion, I thought that it was possible that that she that she might be someone who was from, who was from a world that. That that, that 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 the dominion had conquered and had control control over and they were using her but not that she was like totally in on it because she is like literally part of it i that's the that's the part i wasn't expecting to be such a willing participant you mean yeah hmm. yeah i could totally see that i could totally see that yeah it's just uh it's just a very interesting episode it is very much plot 
driven in a sense and i guess that's what makes it so interesting that there's like it starts with this whole storyline about the camping and wacky quirk stuff and mm. uh i don't, I, I don't think like, i've ever uh, identified with quirk more in an episode like i'm, I'm not, not a nature, a nature person <laughs> so i i would be just the same way if the bugs are biting me and i'm getting sunburned and i hate everything I'll do glamping. Like, give me a cabin or a, at least a yurt or something. But <laughs> I can't do straight up nature. Well, we just lost all our camping sponsors, Sarah. Thanks so much. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, it's I'm just kidding. But uh, I actually really enjoyed corking this episode more than I thought because he kind of got to an interesting stage, even though it didn't. Well, I think maybe it kind of ties in the episode itself. I'll, I'll be curious how you guys feel about that. But I thought it was interesting when he has this kind of nice moment where he's like, uh, he's like, you know what I think it is about you humans? I think you don't like Ferengi because we remind you of you. When that you was really people. good. I that really like that a lot. I thought deep. that was a really interesting. And his whole thing about like, you only like the races that are like humans. You don't like the ones that aren't to your style, which we saw last week with Cardassians. And I thought it was very, very interesting. Well, yeah, I thought that was... Uh... I mean, it's always interesting when somebody can, you know, tell you the thing that you don't want to hear, but you know is true deep, deep down. And um, Quark did that. He yeah. Went there. I, yeah. The whole thing about, like, you only like alien races that are like you was very interesting, like I said. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought it kind of worked. <laughs> the nice, it yeah. was a nice moment when he shot the other Jim Hadar soldier and gave cisco like a look and that's all they kind of needed to be on mutual not friends but you know mutual agreement with each yeah, other respect yeah. a little bit of respect maybe for the first time yeah yeah it, yeah it was it was like part respect and like also realizing like okay we have bigger fish to fry right now like like our, our little argument in this moment is at is not at all important that's very very true you're right because the federation is gonna have to probably have to come together <laughs> if they want to stop this because uh the minion are no joke as we learned in this mm-hmm. episode for sure at all and i do wonder especially what the federation response is going to be in the next couple episodes because uh, they did just blow up one of their you know major galaxy class ships right uh, it's no it's no small thing yeah unprovoked you know yeah we've we've not really seen a warlike federation yet or at least not in the existing star trek universe they sometimes hop over to a parallel star trek universe where the federation <laughs> is warlike mirror mirror and so forth right um, and the the trek films are kind of more run like military academies i feel like sure sure um but this this might be the first time in series where you know there there is an actual war going on. It's not like in the recent past as with the Klingons or with the Cardassians or the Romulans and there's a neutral zone or whatever. There is no neutral zone at this point. No, no. And it's all undiscovered uh, territory, you know, and invading mm-hmm. someone else's place, which I think is, I think it's very interesting. It's something, you know, we don't do anymore because we're, we've explored everything, at least all the major land continents, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. Barring a Atlantic civilization we've never met before, we're probably not going to run into another civilization and like have to deal with that. So it's very interesting that like the Federation with their peace and their free space for everything would come up against a civilization and go, uh, "This is our part of the world universe, and you can't just come in here and say it's yours." Um, right. 
which is very interesting to see that kind of frontier fight back to quote a uh, Star Trek Beyond mm-hmm. line. Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's kind of like to kind to kind of to kind of make a comparison to like to like our own like act like our own history here on earth it's like it's it's like it's like it's like europeans say like say like sailing over to the new world and being like this is our land but it's our land and like and and the, and the, and the natives who live there you know like, like like literally on the land that we now live on they're like uh no it's not but the, no it's not but the but but the but the diff but the difference here and in, in the difference here in, in deep space nine it's like it's like the dominion totally have the means to fight back and be like no literally this is our land get out that's true yeah absolutely they have the technology we have seen it yep yeah and it's it's also just nice to see sort of uh something technologically more advanced than what they're at right now you know which mm-hmm. is a very interesting problem to be dealing with where like their their shields had no effect and they were saying they were like cycling them, which is something they did against the Borg, as I remember. Mm-hmm. It was like you had to cycle your shields to like, but uh, still never could sort of pull off a fight. So it's very interesting that we're kind of stuck in this situation. And also, it's just kind of a good visual thing to basically blow up the Enterprise in our face. Like, it looks yep. exactly the same, you know? So it mm-hmm. hurts deep down inside, even when though you I've, know Picard's not when on they there. first. Sh- when they first showed it on the screen, I was really confused. I was like, wait a minute, did the Enterprise show up? Like, what's happening? Right. Yeah, I thought they came in. Another ship. Yeah, I thought they came in and we'd get, like, you know, Riker and stuff. Like, uh, it would be weirdly understaffed. <laughs> you know how they do sometimes <laughs> with guest starring, yeah. It'll, sure. it'll be... It'll it'll be it'll be like it'll be like De- it'll be like Deadpool. It'll be like be like hmm hmm. It's it's kind it's kind of weird how I come to Xavier School, but I only see two of you here. It's kind it's, yeah, like, exactly. it's, like, it's, like the, it's like the studio didn't have it's like the studio didn't have didn't have the movie rights to the rest of you. <laughs> right. It's like I don't know why only Jordy and uh, uh, Riker are here, but okay. <laughs> cool. We'll go with it. Sure. Yeah. Picard's just off screen. Don't worry about it. He's he's close. He's nearby. Mm-hmm. Data's in engineering. We got this on lock. It's fine. <laughs> yes. I also just do just a side and like small note. I'm wondering how far their transporters go because they were able to. Eris apparently. I don't think she killed herself, but apparently she just transported far away. Yeah. She, yeah. That's kind of crazy. There's not even a ship nearby. And it's like tracker. And it's like tracker. It's like, sir, there's no nearby spacecraft. We don't know where she went. <laughs> Like that's Back not through possible the wormhole, perhaps. That's my assumption, but that's far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. That's far away. I'm, I yeah. mean, I'm, I mean, again, just another. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm, ge- I'm guessing that, that maybe, possibly, potentially, there, there was, there was a, there was a ship, uh, there, 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 there was, there was a, a, a Dominion ship, like just kind of hanging out. In like hang, hanging out right like right at the entrance of of the of the worm of the wormhole, transported out and they were just like and and they turned around and they were like and we're gone, like that's my best guess. But even then, it's like with like I I I, I, I can't say I know for sure. Yeah, do you think we'll actually ever uh, see the founders, or do you think they are mythical, not real? Creatures? I think. Oh, mm. I think we may. I feel like we have. Um, I feel like way we down have, the line. I feel like we kind of have to because that because like we we've we've had we've had them mentioned like but like 
both in the first and second season. So I kind of feel like, like I, I kind of feel like we eventually have to, to, to both, to both, to, to both dispel the mystery, but also, but, but also to put a face to them. And I, and I, and I, and I feel, and I, I also feel like, like doing, like doing that would, 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 would get, would give a uh, deep space nine an, an opportunity, an opportunity to like show to like, to, to, to give it to give us like an overarching villain that will that will just be there in the background for like for for, for however long that the, for the however long the, the dominion are a threat whether whether it's just like two seasons or like two two seasons after this or the or the, re, or the rest of the series yeah totally and i i do know that uh yeah i don't say anymore but uh <laughs> i do agree that having that sort of principle um prime villain is a very good thing and i think they've set up very well in comparison with uh where tng was with the ferengi were supposed to be the new klingons on that show and uh i don't know if you've seen those well, early nope yeah i'm not sure if you've seen those early uh pre ds9 ferengi episodes they are bad yeah they, yes, are. they are yeah ds9 was kind of famous for uh saving the ferengi um and sort mm-hmm. of rewriting them in an interesting more interesting way and uh they do not have that problem here. I think that this is a pretty good villain that I would want to watch. Just a Jim Hadar alone and uh, whatever race heiress might be interest me enough already. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure how many races are in the Dominion, but uh, we've got two great ones already, which is a really nice thing to start with. Mm-hmm. So it's like you already have two sort of interesting creations that you can play around with. So that's plenty enough for me to start with. Indeed. TNG just had the Borg for a long time, and they got plenty of great mileage out of that. Yep. And so now we have the Gem Hadar with with with, with the Gem Hadar, and and then and then we and then we have and then we have the uh, the the, Vort, the Vorta with 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 Eris being the first one that we've met, and and they and they apparently have tel- telekinetic power. So it's like, so it's like, are, like how it's like how many more how many more of you are there? How powerful are you? Like, let's explore this. Yeah. And the Gem Hadar can go invisible too yeah like the, as people yeah which is pretty cool I don't, has there been invisible i know there's lots of invisible ships but is there any invisible people before this um sarah you're the tng expert not that i can Am remember I? you have a good memory for tng didn't you yeah yeah you have a better memory Fair than, enough. Than, 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 than us yeah i can't think of any right now but don't quote me on that there are a lot of tng episodes there are yeah, there yeah, are true. I'm, I'm starting to watch tng on the side when uh when we're waiting to record these episodes mm-hmm. and uh finally on season and two. i have seen them Can all you... it's just some of them i've only seen like one once. time and it's yeah and, and, and five and, years ago right exactly like a long time ago so you know there's that too totally was well, there anything else to say for the Jim Hadar? Props to Jake and Nog for handling themselves pretty well uh, on the shuttlecraft by themselves. Yeah. First <laughs> that time was really driving. Cute. Yeah. The, I I was worried it was going to go in sort of a, an annoying Anakin and Phantom Menace thing. <laughs> he's like, "Whoops, I blew up the enemy." Whoop whoop whoop. Um thank God no, they just barely kind of <laughs> pilot close to where people are <laughs> and yeah, get exactly. saved by Chief O'Brien. Yeah, they, yeah, they were like, quite enjoyed. Like, yeah, they they were like, they were like nope, we're just going to have them do enough to just, you know, like get out to like stay out of trouble. Like that's that that's their goal. Don't die. <laughs> yeah, just don't die. I'm surprised that Chief O'Brien didn't come on and have a, 
I was waiting for that joke where he's going to be like, what did you do? Because hmm. they were just pulling out chips and all kinds of stuff everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess the uh, the moat was a little too serious for that kind of a joke, but I'm still surprised it didn't happen. So, shall we move on to our uh, season wrap-up? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Uh, all right. So, I've got a couple questions here that you've already filled out, but I uh, need to inform the people of. So, first off, main question, how did you feel about the season overall? How about you go first? Um, okay. Um, I didn't think it was as good as season one. But it was definitely still enjoyable to watch. There were lots of good plot moments and lots of really good character moments in this season. And it certainly laid good groundwork for uh, the upcoming seasons of this show. Um, not only uh, for the the Dominion conflict, but also I feel in terms of the um, political religious situation on Bajor. Now that we've got um, Vedic Win is the Kai now things are probably going to yeah. start changing there maybe slowly at first but I, I feel she's going to have a really big role to play so I'm excited to see where all of this goes yeah I would agree with that uh, similar thing where I think it's just not as strong as season one I completely understand that it's uh, set up you know I know that yeah Space Nine is kind of known for its arcs and this season was the Dominion getting introduced arc which is fine, but I and I think they did a good job of hinting at it, but I think it could have just been a little bit more integrated to the season still. I don't think it necessarily had to have a negative impact this season. I feel like there could have mm-hmm. been more episodes that you know, hinted at that, had more of a darker tone maybe, or, or sort of shown that like these somewhat lighter adventures. Not that we've it's been completely roses, we have plenty of dark episodes for sure, but like uh maybe that there was this coming storm idea and I just don't think they really nailed that 100%. I am very happy how we got here. Like I mentioned with Tribunal, I feel like a lot of things were set up very well. I feel like ending with Jim Hadar and Wynn becoming Kai and um, just various character changes and where characters are now is still very good, but it just didn't have that quite great season arc that season one had with Kira and Cisco. Where, like That was very clearly the heart of that season. It was very mm-hmm. clearly the major arc of that season. It had such a good sort of conclusion. I feel like this just didn't have it. I still enjoyed a lot of parts of it, but it felt more sort of tedious. Peter, are you on the same page with us on this one? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, 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 I definitely thought the season was solid, but, but, I, but I agree. It wasn't. I don't feel like it was the strongest season one, really. But and it's, but it's really only because it's, it's really only because it was it was set up like, like it's it's definitely not the fault of the show by any means because we still because like Sarah said we still we still got great character moments and and and, 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 some, and some great moments in the in the episode and it and they were and, and they were and they were awesome to write I it's just, it, it it was just more and, and we and especially like I can I can the later episodes of the, of the season uh, whenever we recorded on whenever we recorded the episodes um and like we acknowledged again and again um uh, we 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 could we could t- we could tell that they were setting up stuff to bring back later, and it's like, and and so I and so I guess it's more of just like continuing anticipation, kind of like like I'm like 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 Rocky Rocky Horror Frankie style, waiting for that other shoe to drop to like get to the next part <laughs> of whatever you know story A story B story story C 
was. I like it. So you're saying that uh, that season one was Antissa, I like, yeah, and like, then season two was the long pause, and three will be patient. Like, yeah, like, like we, <laughs> yes. like, like we, we are literally waiting for them to say patient, so we can all be like, oh, finally. <laughs> It's like Frankie, Peter, that's say the it. greatest analogy anyone's ever made for anything. <laughs> Yay. I love it. That is phenomenal. <laughs> All right, show's done. I'm not gonna get any better than that. Uh no, no. Uh so what was your favorite episode of the season, Peter? Uh, so many good ones. Um w- uh one I I I I don't I don't know if I can pick like one necessarily but 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 out of, but out of the ones that i out of the ones that like i really enjoyed i think the episode blood oath with uh, with 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 with, J- with jadzia um right. and, and, yeah. the, and the three klingons that one so that one stood out to me because because i thought it like the episode as a whole for sure it was a great like kind of extended character moment for jadzia at, for, 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 for jadzia um I mean, I mean, it, it because because we because we've had a few episodes both in season one and season two, um, where 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 her having past lives has 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 come up in one way or another to you know basically just solidify how badass we all think she is. But I thought this one was I thought this one in particular was 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 was, was really cool because it was like because it's like it was her literally taking. Like I her, like her, literally taking apart from Curzon's life and bringing it to her own because she felt so strongly about it, and seeing and seeing the kind and seeing like the, like the kind of internal thought process and struggle of 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 her thinking, how do I respond to this? How is how do, how does this affect me as Jadzia, even though? These three Klingons had their had had their friendship, had their relationship with Curzon, and 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 then and then also and then also like getting at least a glimpse, you know, of of how the relationship or or the relationship or or at least how they saw her um, with Kira and Cisco, how that probably changed or like and and, sh- and shifted slightly because of what she left to do, because she felt so strongly. Like I I th- I thought I I thought that made Blood Oath particularly interesting for me. Very nice, yeah, definitely, definitely one of my favorites of the season as well. But I think I would have to go with uh, Whispers uh, for my personal favorite, which is the episode uh, where poor poor O'Brien thinks that yeah. everyone is uh, conniving against him, only to find out he is a uh, clone who was given the same uh, identity as O'Brien. And doesn't realize it, and was sort of sent to kill, and dies, and sadly, uh, it's a very dark episode. Definitely, is the episode that introduced us to the concept of O'Brien must suffer, which we saw mm-hmm. already a lot of this season. Um, so but much suffering, so, so much. much suffering. But uh, that's I know this, this is a kind of like dark sci-fi. I just kind of love. It's very Twilight Zone. It's very uh, somewhat classic Star Trek. But it's also just. I think a really, really great character piece. I think it's such an interesting decision to use O'Brien because O'Brien's weirdly like the most nice, solid guy that you could never kind of clone him to be a killer in an interesting way. And of course, like if you clone O'Brien, he has to like go find out his true origin and not take anything lightly. And it's sort of a brilliant take on that. I also just think the episode's just 
phenomenally written and paced and acted from everyone i think it's very hard to do a, a sort of twist episode like this and make it rewatchable and uh see things again and uh it's just sort of a classic kind of filler episode but uh it's just i thought very emotionally affecting very interesting nothing really changes much from it but it's just one of those kind of star trek episodes i'm going to remember and be like remember that one episode where o'brien was an o'brien uh, and that's just sometimes what i love from star trek so that's why it's my favorite of the season how about you sarah yeah yeah this, this yeah episode, absolutely th- yeah this episode basically had the kind of t- the kind of twist that m night Shyamalan strives for but doesn't always get <laughs> basically no no which, which we'll, is, see which is one, we'll see we'll see yeah split. yeah i was gonna i was gonna bring that up we, we we will we will see if he's able to do the tw- like have a good twist like in, in <laughs> split but you know time will tell for time will he's, tell if, if, if he's tempted fate that, that trailer yeah that poster is all like what is gonna happen so it's uh you better but, then I, but then i saw it all right Sarah, what's your name, uh... i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> name's ruined name is ruined seriously sarah what did you think of what was your favorite episode well, I think the three of us can all agree that we're uh, really impressed by episodes that are character driven. Um, yes. You know, in the case of Peter, uh, it was Jadzia. In your case, it was O'Brien. And um, the the episode you referenced, Whispers, Ben, I thought that was a good episode because we, I feel like we learned a lot about O'Brien. And then even at the end, it wasn't really O'Brien. Right. Um, right. Uh, agreed. agreed. My, uh, my favorite episode of the season was the wire mm. um which uh, mm, again because choice. it was yet another character driven episode and this time those characters were bashir and garrick and um i found it interesting that an episode could be so character driven in this case we'll use garrick as the example and yet by the end we're not really sure if we've actually learned anything about him <laughs> except he doesn't right? like to tell the truth why tell the truth when a lie will do? I believe one yes. of his colleagues said of him. Um, but yes, I mean, I'm always I, I love the the story about the Bajoran Cardassian conflict, and this told you know yet more perspectives on it, and was also very character driven. And uh, Bashir has really uh, he impressed me this season. Like I wasn't his biggest fan in season one, but he sort of grown on me throughout season two and. He did a good job of taking care of poor Garrick going through withdrawals from his, you know, brain implant. Right. Yeah. And Garrick poor is Garrick. just great. Like I like characters that you can't figure out if they're good or bad. I just I something draws that me to them, you know. Oh, he's definitely one of the treasures of Deep Space Nine already, I think. No oh, question. seriously. Well, next up, we're going to ask what the uh, who the MVP of the season main cast is. And I think for me, it's uh, there's it a, it a lot of good choices. O'Brien was definitely a close contender for number one because we just learned that poor O'Brien, he just he shoulders on no matter what, whether he's a clone or he's in a, a nightmare world, <laughs> whatever yeah. is going on. Poor O'Brien keeps you know he's captured by Cardassians. He's just he's always himself. <laughs> but uh, I think I. I give a little bit more to uh, Cisco, who I'm going to pick as the number one uh, for me this season. Uh, he's just uh, last season, by the way, we all picked Kira, and I think that was because she had such a strong arc. Well, this one we didn't have; we had a lot more smaller arcs, but not sort of one main character of the season. Um, 
And for me, I think Cisco really worked uh, partially because Avery Brooks really came into his own for me. I feel like he's a little bit more reserved last season, and I feel like he's much more out there and sort of giving a lot more to the character. And I felt like sometimes season one, he was maybe a little lost or a little bored sometimes in the material it felt like, but this time he feels like he's really singing his teeth into i think it's just such a good father-son character which i really appreciate you don't see well you see a lot of father sons but i guess i don't know too many sort of when you compare sort of wesley and beverly crusher and how much i kind of hated their storylines a lot of the time uh i I, I just love seeing them together whenever i see jake and cisco together it makes me a lot more happy than seeing wesley and beverly crusher together quite frankly agreed um and there's just there's a it's a nice warmth to him. I feel like it gives good stakes to the main person, whereas like Picard was sort of a man on his own, you know. Uh, same with Kirk, it, it sort of grounds him in a world. It gives him some some nice stakes. And I just think Cisco had a very interesting season with the Maquis, with the end, uh, and in just particular when he ends and just says like, "If the Dominion come, they're gonna come here." I'm like, "Yeah, I want that guy to lead me." Uh, mm-hmm. Like he. By the end of the season, I'm like, I want that guy telling me what to do. And so I think uh, I think Cisco is my number one cast member this season. How yeah, about Cisco. you, Sarah? Yeah, I think Cisco's a really good choice, Ben. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Bashir. I, I touched on this uh, pretty well during my discussion of what I thought was the best episode. But... Um, yeah, like I said before, Bashir really grew on me this season. I think he's beginning to grow as a person and kind of finding his feet and finding his place on this, you know, frontier station, as it were, Deep Space Nine. And, um, you know, he's really settling in and, you know, doing more useful things for the rest of the group, I guess. And uh, yeah. I'm impressed with him. Although O'Brien was a close second because, bless his heart, how he suffers. <laughs> so much suffering. <laughs> which Poor is O'Brien. the exact Yeah, which is the exact reason why I chose him as why I chose O'Brien as my MVP because this is uh-huh. the season where we officially realized O'Brien must suffer and it's like <laughs> and it and it's like the season for suffering. Literally. It and it's like even with all of that, he is still the same like he 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 is, he is still he is still the same chief of operations family man who 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 you still he's still the guy he's still the kind of guy that 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 regardless of what happens you want to have him in your corner because you know he will have your back even if he's like even even if even if he's like on some if he's like like on some on some planet basically dying and having and having to have Bashir protect him while while he while he tell while he tells him how to build a radio to like to mess with someone to come get them. Oh, I forgot that's another. He's like four. He's like, like literally four this season. I, like exactly. I'm telling you, like like even with all of the stuff that has that has happened to him this season, he's still just like, nope. I'm here. I got you. Let's do this. Like you can't hate him. <laughs> Everyone loves O'Brien. Oh, poor O'Brien, yeah. He sort of went from the perennial, like, uh, guy who's just stuck in the room all by himself to being the guy who has to suffer for all of our sins. Oh. <laughs> poor buddy. And but he's totally... Irish. He and is. he's Irish. I think it's an Irish Which charm, too. There's something better. about... Yeah, there's something about, like, maybe I'm just Irish and I love the whole suffering narrative of Irish stories. But uh, mm. there's something almost inherent about his Irishness that helps with that, I yep. feel like. 
Luck of the Irish, Luck of O'Brien, same thing. Indeed. Well, let's luck? move on to best uh, guest star. Now, there's, of course, a big asterisk on this, which is that there is a problem with the whole guest star thing in that we do have some guest stars who are not clearly main characters but get major e- episodes and come back. Obviously, people like Vedic Wynn and Kai, sorry, Kai Wynn. Now, ugh, gotta get used yeah. to that. And oh. uh, Vedic Burial. And of course, the big one is Garrick. Obviously, Garrick would be all of our. I would have absolutely picks. chosen yeah. Garrick if you yeah. had let me. How intentionally yes. cruel of you to not let us choose Garrick because you know that all three of us would. It would be him. boring. <laughs> that is. Fair. I want good radio. That is fair. Um, but but it's almost it is almost unfair because Garrick just gets like one of the best episodes of the season. And he only kind of gets it because he's been around for a while. If there was just like a random Cardassian, I don't think Bashir would have cared, you know. So mm-hmm. it's it, it comes from his weird liminal stage. But we will call this the Garrick Memorial List because he's clearly our favorite. <laughs> I totally agree, hundred percent. I mean, I I understand. Uh, also, also understand why we're not choosing him is because you know he's. I do believe there's a difference between a guest star and a recurring, recurring character. character. Yeah. Yes. And um, Garrick is absolutely a recurring character. You can call him, you know, a, a minor character, but in that he reappears and is not a guest star who shows up once and then we're done with him. Absolutely. He's more of a Thank goodness. Q-esque character. Yes. Yeah. So because of that... Uh, since Garrick is not on the table. Uh, Peter, who is your guest star of the season? Well, uh, blah, 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 words. I, I, I actually think, I actually find it awesome that, uh, you know, spoiler alert, you know, even though it's going to happen in like a minute, uh, Sarah, Sarah, hmm. and I, Sarah and I chose uh, the, 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 same, the same guest star. I, I, cho- I chose Gail Strickland, yeah. um, uh, who, 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 play, who, play, who played Alexis. Played Alexis. What, what, God, what, what, was, what, what was her episode called again? Paradise. Paradise. Sorry. Which, by the way, was one of my runner-ups for favorite episode of the season. Yeah. Paradise. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I really like. I really, really enjoyed the character of Alexis because because a because a this this was this was yet this was yet another character who was a woman who was a badass in her own right. Whether whether you agree with mm-hmm. her or mm-hmm. not. Whether whether she, whether she was good or bad, she was she she was she was like she is a great she is a great woman to add to the list of characters for this show who is like totally the head bitch in charge and you know it. That's like, right. Like I love that about her. <laughs> like and and she and and just with how with how dedicated she was to her philosophy and how frightening it was when 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 you when you when uh when um when when o'brien and cisco had to like watch it happen but also you know when 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 cisco went into the box become part of it and she was just so committed to it and it's like that's great that's like creepily scary but god she did it like like, god like girl strickland played that part so well it was so good yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And uh, as as Peter spoiled, but it's okay because you're right. This did happen like a minute later. Um, she was she was my favorite guest star of the season as well. Um, she was, you know, we call her a villain. She was certainly the antagonist. I don't even know if I would go so because 
even if you could come back with, you know, but what you're doing is wrong, she could find a way to argue her point and make you at least think about it. Like she knew what she was doing and she genuinely believed that the way her community was running was being done for the greater good. And it is very, very hard to argue with a person like that. And I find those kind of antagonists the most interesting right. and the most terrifying because they really believe that what they're doing is right. Yeah, and that episode ends in such an interesting way, too, that uh, kind of shows she was right in some ways, that people did want that, which is a very yeah. odd thing to leave that episode with. One thing I'll add that you guys made me realize, which is a very good point, uh, she's not my choice, but I, I do agree she's fabulous and definitely one of the best uh, guest stars of the season. Uh, I think I'm going to have to keep her on my running loster of, of why people misuse the term strong female characters. Uh hmm. I, what annoys me is that people seem to think that only means Black Widow, like a character who is strong right. and punches people. Right. But what annoys me is that often people say, like, oh, there's no strong female character. She's mean or manipulative. It's like, you can have a good female character. It just means a character is well-written and has stakes and has interesting motivations and you believe, you know? I believe this is a real exactly. person. And this is a very oh, yes. good exactly. character. And it's not because she's a woman. It's because she's an interesting bad person. But... I think strong female characters can include people like her who are manipulative and treacherous and uh, destructive, you know? And so that's just my mini rant, but I'm definitely going to yeah. keep her as a good example of that. <laughs> of uh, You can have good female villains. That's not what we're talking about. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's more about getting good roles for women than just uh, writing women who are boring badasses because that's itself boring and cliche in a lot of ways. Exactly. Can be. What a good speech, well, Ben. Seriously. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's I would just, clap uh, if I wasn't holding a microphone. <laughs> uh, one leg clap. Uh, it's hey, <laughs> um, uh, it's just my bugaboo, I guess, because I just hear that a lot, and it's just like, uh, no, you, you can have a strong female character who's a bad person. <laughs> like it's it's more about good writing. That's what it comes down to. And I think the word "strong" is the problem. I think yeah. people associate that with like physical strength that doesn't necessarily mean physical strength you know you can be exactly like she was the most powerful person in that community and she never threw a punch absolutely absolutely or even just someone like emily blunt and sicario who's like very much out of her depth is scared uh gets sort of uh taken over by some people but like is a, a strong character who has good motivation who's supposed to be out of her depth who's supposed to be a character who can't handle things and that's fine. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make her a bad character because she's a woman. It makes, in fact, a better character because she's a woman and she's well written. Okay, rant over. Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen Sicario, but your logic is sound. Thank you. So now I'm going to pick a man. Uh, <laughs> 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 to prove my point. Um, no, my favorite guest star, uh, I agree. Uh, Gilstrick is incredible. I loved all the Klingons were great. I just wanted to throw a quick love to chris sarandon uh who played uh uh martis the con man just a good example of a not very good episode might be my least favorite of the season but uh he's just so charming it's just an enjoyable episode with him and it would be a worse episode without him so sometimes that's what a guest star is even if he doesn't get the best episode it's just like wow that actor's just so fun to watch on screen that i'm just glad he was on at the very least uh but a person who did get a good role and acted it beautifully, I thought, was Richard Baymore as Lee Nollis. Uh, this was the 
Bajoran sort of hero who was uh, saved at the beginning of the three episode arc that in- introduced us season two and ended up sort of becoming a much uh, happy for him martyr by the end of it. Uh, I think it was just a very interesting character to begin with. He had a lot of good stuff to work with. Um, but I think in particular, Richard Bamer just has this really good skill of having this quiet dignity, which is something that's very hard to do to kind of play an internally tortured character. Uh, it's hard to sort of play that without sounding whiny or boring. Uh, but I think he really imbued that, uh, that character with a lot of grace and a lot of intrigue. And, uh, he was just a very interesting character, this sort of person who is a hero to his people and know he means more than that, but who knows, he's just sort of a guy and, uh, get this interesting story where his, you know, heroic deed was just an act of pure coincidence and had nothing to do with him being heroic. Not that he was a bad person, but just that he was not as great as everyone thought he was and didn't know how to live up to those sort of standards and a uh, very interesting tragic end where he basically gets what he always wanted, which is to be a martyr and to be left alone, um, oh. which I think is very tragic, but very fascinating. And I think Richard Bramer just did it, did it beautifully. So he's my, my pick. So now it's time for the ratings. Sarah, out of nine, because I'm cheeky, how would you rate this? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I give season two a 5.5 out of nine. All right. Any uh, anything else to add, or just usual stuff? Uh, well, um, I mean, we kind of touched on this a bit earlier when we discussed how we felt about the season as a whole. But uh, just to reiterate, um, I didn't feel that it was you know quite up to par with season one. Um, it was very obviously a table setting episode for what's to come. That being said, it did a good job of that. Uh, laying the groundwork for the conflict with the Dominion, laying the groundwork for, you know, whatever the new Bajor is going to be under Kai Wen, and um, all of those things. Further exploring these wonderfully written characters. Very nice. And Peter, how would you rate uh, season two? Uh, I rated at also a 5.5 out of nine, pretty much for the same reasons as Sarah. Um, and, and, and like, you know, like, like, like we, like we talked about earlier, definitely enjoyed it, but I didn't feel it was as strong as season one. And I, and I, and, and I am more of just in a position of waiting to see where all of this setup goes in, in, in the coming seasons. Well, we all agree. This season is exactly one point lower because I gave yeah. five out of nine. And you guys gave last season 6.5s both, and I gave it a 6. <laughs> we just all agree it's one point lower, which I think is funny. Um, yeah, same same along with you guys. Just uh, a solid season, lots of good episodes in it, but just the arc just wasn't as strong. And I know it's set up, but I still think this setup can be done better. It's very tough, though. And at the very least, things have been set up well, and I respect that. Uh, so even if the journey wasn't always as exciting to me, destination is very happy so i'm okay with that but i'm still very much looking forward to just moving on to season three and probably only visit, revisit a few episodes here or there yeah i would assume uh in rewatching. so that gives us an overall score of 5.5 out of nine for season two and like i said last season it was a 6.5 so one point lower still a pretty so, good score oh yeah for sure yeah i agree definitely so next up will be season three. Yay! Hooray! Yay. Uh, be a famous season three. 
with the two-parter The Search. Uh, this will is uh, should note that part one will be the first script written by Ronald Moore, who's the creator of Battlestar Galactica. Long oh. time. Oh. So, yeah, long long time Star Trek writer. And uh, the second episode is directed by good old Jonathan Freaks. Yay! Yeah. The, I believe uh, by this episode, TNG will have ended, I believe. And Voyager will have begun. I think it kind uh, of gotcha. ends and begins cool. right at the same time. Context. So don't be surprised if, uh, yeah, don't be surprised if TNG people start showing up. <laughs> they Excellent. The <laughs> They're going to have a hell of a so, lot more free time. Indeed. So be on the lookout for those people. And we will talk about the search next week. In the meantime, I want to thank our lovely, lovely crew for joining me on this journey, as always. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at cptn underscore Meatshield. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at tuskenshed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It does help us find new listeners. Until next time, this is a crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.